0: RadioInfluence.com This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I am your host, Vincent Hill. Of course, today is Tuesday. Man, it's November 20th. You know what that means in 2 days we'll all be sitting around the table somewhere around this country eating way more food than we should be eating because it's thanksgiving man i can remember last thanksgiving like it was yesterday i can't believe a year has passed by but hey a year's passed by it's it's thanksgiving which means right after that we're going to start hearing christmas music and Christmas carols and Christmas commercials and lifetime Christmas movies and Christmas trees and more traffic, especially if you live close to a mall like I do. So get ready for all that stuff. But I do want to take this time, real quick, to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has something to be thankful for, you know, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of uncertainty. We all have something to be thankful for because a lot of us are much better off than some of the people we come across on a daily basis. So, if you think you don't have anything to be thankful for, think again because we all do. Even if it's just the simple fact that you are alive, you are well, you are kicking, that is a lot to be thankful for, right? So... Speaking of alive and kicking, three people in Chicago on Monday, on yesterday, lost their lives. Actually, I think a total of four people, if you include the gunmen, lost their lives in Chicago at Mercy Hospital. I want to talk about that. Then I want to talk about a lawsuit that's going on in the state of Michigan by a bunch of... um Blacks who said that uh, they failed the law enforcement uh, entry exam, civil service exam. I want to talk about this lawsuit and what I think about it uh, as we go along in this show. But of course, I want to start with Chicago. But first, I want to tell you tonight's episode of Beyond the Badge is brought to you by Audible. So yesterday in Chicago, there was a, a shooting. It went out. I'm sure you heard as an active shooter at Mercy Hospital, the details were murky at the time. Um, they said a gunman was walking through the hospital, shooting a bunch of people. So as details started to emerge, this actually started out as a domestic dispute. And you know how I've always said, hey, domestic disputes, or are, are you know probably the most dangerous thing for law enforcement next to a traffic stop. Uh, So basically the the shooter now who's been identified as 32-year-old Juan Lopez uh, got into an argument with his girlfriend, who was one of the doctors at the hospital. They were in an argument outside. Uh, He lifted up his shirt to show he had a gun. Someone that was with them ran inside, started calling 911. He shot her. According to one witness, he re- reloaded the gun, shot her again uh, before he entered the hospital. Uh, one young lady was just getting off the uh, elevator. Uh, a uh, pharmacy tech there was just getting off the elevator. She stepped out and was shot and killed. Then, of course, police respond, as police do. And this 28 year old officer, Officer Samuel. Yemenez was shot and killed while responding to the shooting, and he had actually just come off probation from uh his field training officer. You know, when you graduate the academy, you have to do probation for several months. This officer had just come out of probation. So uh then the gunman ended up dead with a gunshot wound to the head. It's still undetermined if police shot him or if he shot himself. If I had to guess, I would say he shot himself because that was probably his intent from the beginning to kill his ex fiance. Apparently, she called off the wedding late last month, and the two had been at odds ever since. So I think the intent of this shooter, Juan Lopez, was to actually shoot his ex fiance and then kill himself. Uh, unfortunately, Two other individuals lost their lives because of this domestic dispute that was going on. And, you know, you, you really have to, to think that domestic violence takes so many forms. It takes so many shapes. It can happen anywhere. I'm sure on the outside, looking in, people assumed, oh, she's a doctor. She has her life together. She's engaged. Everything is hunky-dory. But the thing about domestic violence, I call it the silent killer because you don't hear it, you don't typically see it unless you're in the situation. You don't know what's going on. So and that came to fruition yesterday in the city of Chicago. So, you know, if if you know someone that is in a domestic violence situation, I would urge you to have that serious conversation with them to tell them to to get out of that situation. You know, I I think about uh, the guy in Colorado, Chris Watts, who killed his pregnant wife and strangled his uh, two young daughters. And, you know, most media stories are saying it's because he was having an affair and, you know, didn't want the other baby. I get that. But I assure you, again, what looks good on the outside is not always good on the inside, even though his wife was on Facebook posting all these videos about how her husband was the best in the world and he was such a hero and all of this stuff, I assure you, under the surface, there was some domestic violence going on in that household because, listen, you don't wake up one day and say, well, I got this girlfriend, so I'm going to strangle my wife and then strangle my two daughters and put them in an oil well uh, and discard them like trash. There were some signs, there were some symptoms, likely someone that she knew knew about the domestic violence going on, just like someone that knew this doctor yesterday, Dr. Tamara O'Neill, knew that there was domestic violence going on, and likely that was the cause of her calling off the wedding and ending that relationship. She chose that she did not want to live her life, uh... Having domestic violence occur in her household. And, you know, unfortunately, Juan Lopez was the prime example of an abuser. The prime example of an abuser. If I can't have you, nobody will. If you leave me, we both leave this world together. If you think about back in 1994, there was a guy called OJ Simpson who did the same thing. If I can't have you, nobody will. And when the trial started for OJ Simpson, a lot of people weren't aware of the domestic violence that was going on until they started seeing pictures of Nicole and hearing about previous 911 calls of domestic violence in the Simpson home. So, I guess my bigger point is domestic violence affects more people than you ever know. It happens. Every three seconds in this country, there is someone becoming a victim of domestic violence. And listen, it's not just women that are the victims. There's been plenty of men that have been victims of domestic violence. And then you still have to account for all of the couples that are either gay or lesbian that are same sex couples. Domestic violence occurs there as well. But it's the silent killer. Every three seconds, someone in this country is affected by domestic violence. To include police officers, it occurs in their house too. Nobody's exempt from becoming a victim or becoming a suspect of domestic violence. So, We need to have domestic violence awareness. You know, a lot of people don't take it serious, and then a lot of people say, well, why would they stay with their abuser? You know, why would they do this? They must enjoy it. Nobody enjoys being someone's punching bag. Nobody enjoys the mental abuse that goes along with it. Nobody enjoys that. People just don't know how to get out of it. So if you know someone that's a victim of domestic violence, Please have that serious conversation with them. There is help out there, and people need to become more aware of domestic violence and how it can affect not just their lives, but the lives of others. I mean, Chicago. Three innocent people died yesterday because Lopez didn't want his ex fiance to move on with their life. Three innocent people. Imagine if that argument would have just started at her house Or his house or something like that it would just be those two but because he took it to her job she died one of her co-workers died and a police officer running in to save everyone's life died as the result of domestic violence so it's a huge problem it can affect so many people at any given time so just be mindful of it look for the signs if you're in that situation, because someone under the sound of my voice likely is in that situation, if you're in that situation, please, please, seriously, think about what happened in Chicago yesterday. Think about how it could happen to you or someone you're close to, a co-worker, just because they happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And please, please, please get help. Now, I want to. Talk about Michigan. So, there's a, a federal lawsuit that was filed in Wayne County, uh, well-certified uh, class action lawsuit, rather correction, uh, brought on behalf of more than 600 black applicants who wanted to work as state police or conservation officers, but they failed the required Michigan silver civil, civil service exam. Now, I'll preface this by saying, listen, hey, I've been out of school for. Oh, God, I don't want to tell my age, but close to 30 years, right, out of high school. Um, And, yeah, I wasn't the best student in the world, but I wasn't the worst student in the world either. Uh, You know, obviously, I graduated high school, uh, but, you know, anytime I would fail a test, I would just chalk it up to, man, I didn't really prepare for this test, or I downright just didn't study at all and just went in there and blindly took a test and I failed and rightfully so because I didn't prepare myself. And there's a quote in the Bible that says, study to show thyself approved, study to show thyself approved. So without study, you're not approved, i.e. without study, you don't pass test. So 600 black applicants filed this lawsuit saying that uh, the civil service exam was engaging in a practice of racial discrimination in its hiring process through testing that had a disparative adverse impact on African-American. That's what the suit alleges. They say the policy was illegal. So to give you a little history back in uh, 1977 to increase minority hiring, uh, they implemented a consent order, right? And that went on from 1977 to 1992, but that ended in 2015, or I'm sorry, it ended in 1993. So a study in 2015 said that uh, it showed that the hiring of black troopers had plummeted since that consent order was lifted in 1993, and the percent of black troopers gradually dropped from close to 13% to 5%. All right, so fast forward. Uh, A few years, 2014, there's a new test out, and it says from the test used from February of 2014 to November 2014, blacks had failed at a rate of 77%, while whites had failed at a rate of 51%. The exam included an essay portion, which was later replaced in 2015 by a new exam, which was all multiple choice. Then the suit goes on to say that blacks were still failing at a higher rate than whites. So that's the basis of the lawsuit that this test is racially uh, discriminatory against blacks. And, you know, I took the civil service exam, as most people have to do to become law enforcement or sometimes military. There was really nothing on there. That I personally could not pass. Again, study to show yourself approved. When I went in to take this test, I knew kind of what was going to be asked on the test. I knew the subjects of what was going to be asked on the test. So guess what I did when I took the test? I studied. And when I got the results back on the test, I made a 93 on the test. So I didn't go in there and say, well, I'm a black man, so I'm expecting to fail this test. I went in there prepared to take the test. So maybe, just maybe, these 600 applicants that have filed this lawsuit just didn't go in to prepare the test. Because when you're looking at the state of Michigan and you're looking at the Michigan State Police in general, because that's where most of these applicants came from, There are black Michigan State Police officers. There are a lot of black Michigan State Police officers. So maybe these 600 just were not prepared to take the test. You know, it's hard to understand why people will say, well, we can do anything that our white counterpart can do. We expect this. We expect that. But then when we come short on our own successes because of our lack of preparation, our our lack of understanding, then it's not okay to say we can do what our white counterparts can do. It's not okay to say that we're just as equal. Then you have to start pointing fingers and say, Well the test is biased against black people. I've never seen a test in all my school years and Again, even when I took the civil service exam and even when I was in the police academy and you had to take the law classes and all the other classes you had to take, I never saw anything there that was racially discriminatory or racially biased towards black people or any people for that matter. What I did do is I saw a task. I saw a course that I had to prepare for, and hence I prepared for it. So I don't know how this lawsuit's going to go. It was filed earlier this week. Uh, I think that the judge says that the class action suit can be appealed up until next week. Uh, so, you yeah, know I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes. And more importantly, I'm curious to see what what the desired outcome is, because what what do they want the test to be like? I, I don't understand. It, it's not like it's a, a hard test by any means. I mean, you have to put some thought process process to it, but it's not a, a hard test by any means. So I don't know what the desired outcome is. Now, if the desired outcome is to eliminate the test altogether, then I think that's just a dumb idea anyway, because there's a reason there's testing there because they're testing someone's aptitude to be able to do the job of policing, you know, and as you even go into the police department. There's tests you have to take. Like if you want to go to different uh, departments, you may have to take some kind of aptitude testing or write an essay because there was an essay part here of why you want to go to that particular department or specialty or something like that. You know, you don't just walk in and say, Yeah, I graduated the academy yesterday, and now I want to be the forensic expert and test all of the DNA. That's not how that works. Tonight's episode of Beyond the Badge is brought to you by Audible, who proudly present Evil Has a Name, the untold story of the Golden State Killer Investigation. Nameless, faceless. For more than 40 years, the monster who preyed on California from 1975 to 1986 was known by many aliases, the East Area Rapist, the original Night Stalker, the Visalia Ransacker. Then on April 24, 2018, authorities arrested 72-year-old Joseph James D'Angelo based on DNA evidence linked to the crimes. With the suspect now behind bars, could it be that evil finally has a name? Delivering all new details about the investigation and a stunning final act to the events of Michelle McNamara's haunting bestseller, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, forensic criminologist Paul Holes and retired FBI profiler Jim Clemente reveal the unbelievable true story behind the capture of the suspected Golden State Killer. When you're trying to catch a killer, the devil is in the details. Evil has a name only on Audible. Listen now at audible.com backslash evil beyond the badge or text evil beyond the badge to five zero zero five zero zero. step back now. Sir, get back now. 16. Sarge, get back! Get out of the car, now! Exact location, right? Sorry, get out of the car! All right. All right. i will do my life! Get back here, now! my life! Get back here, now! Shit! Shit! Stop, now! What you just heard, and I know it was disturbing. Was actual audio from uh, Dashcam, and that was Officer Kyle Dinkheiler that was shot and killed way back in 1998 uh, when this actually happened. It happened during a traffic stop, and you know, I played it for several reasons just to remind people how stuff can go from zero to 100 just that fast. Uh, the second reason I played it was now there's a new documentary coming out that I just found out about uh, involving the death of Officer uh, Dink, Dink Kyler. He was killed here in Georgia, in Lawrence County, back in 1998. Pulled over a, uh individual that was a Vietnam veteran, uh, what he thought was a routine traffic stop. The individual started telling... Uh, the officer to shoot him dancing in the middle of the street and uh, he went back to his car. You can hear Officer uh, Din Kyler there saying, hey, don't go back to your car. I'm in fear of my life. Please put the gun down. I'm in fear of my life. Now, I know many of you are asking, why didn't he just shoot? Because it was a deadly force situation. And I remember watching this video in uh, the police academy and come to find out that Deputy uh, Dinkheiler had been reprimanded before for what was considered uh, questionable use of force, and he was pretty much told if he ever used force again that he likely would use his job. So, even in the face of this guy going in his car, and you can hear him saying, Put the gun down, put the gun down, which turned out to be a carbine rifle, actually, it wasn't just a handgun, he was still thinking, Hey, I'm in fear of losing my job. Now, this was in 98, way before cell phone video, way before social media, way before CNN started covering these cases. So take that in 1998. Think back to then. Think of now. And what do you think is going through an officer's mind every time he steps out of the car or she steps out of the car and she may have to use force. What do you think is going through their mind? Because this was captured on actually not even a police dash cam. It was a video recorder that the officer had put on his dashboard like I did when I was in patrol because he didn't even have a dash cam, but he knew this was a way to document anything that happened. And the reason he did that was because he had had this complaint before of, using force when it wasn't justified. So he's like, well, I'm going to protect myself. But when he hears, well, you could lose your job, even in the face of danger, he didn't use deadly force and you could hear him there screaming. And the last thing, and I didn't play the audio for it, the last thing you hear in that audio is him choking on his own blood. That's the last thing you hear on the dash cam he set up because he was worried about losing his job and he wanted to be able to justify everything he did. So when I watched it in the academy, we're watching it, we're all sitting there, we're like, why is he not shooting this guy? It's deadly force. Why is he not shooting this guy? And then when we were told the story about he was being questioned about his actions, then it all made sense. But to that I say, every case is different. Every situation is different. You can't take one situation and tie it in with every other use of force situation. Unfortunately, that's what Kyle Dinkheiler did, and he ended up losing his life. Now, the individual that shot him was executed a few years ago here in the state of Georgia, he tried to claim PTSD from Vietnam, uh, but that defense failed, and uh, the state still decided to execute him. But there is a documentary. Again, I I talked about the documentary. I will be checking it out. I think it's it's pretty cool that they're telling his story. And I think it's a good learning lesson for all police officers uh, that hesitation will get you killed. Hesitation will get you killed. There is a reason that they show Kyle's video at police academies across this country just for that reason. So to any officer listening under the sound of my voice, if you're worried about what your boss may say, if you're worried about what CNN may say, what social media may say, what the knucklehead holding the cell phone camera next to you may say, it's a matter of life and death. You do exactly what you're trained to do. You do exactly what the law tells you to do. You protect yourself. You protect your partner. You protect the public and worry about all the other bullshit later. Go home to your wife, your kids, your husband, your daughters, your sons, your dog, your cat, whatever you go home to. That's your objective. Fight, fight, fight to stay alive. So if you get a chance Check out the documentary. It's pretty cool. If you haven't seen the video in its entirety, just Google Deputy Kyle Dinkhiller. I'll spell it for you. D-I-N-K-H-E-L-L-E-R. Just Google it. Watch his video. You'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. And if you can stomach it, listen to the very end when you can hear him choking out on his own blood right there on the side of the interstate. And it will open your mind. To what police actually go through, but any officer under the sound of my voice fight to stay alive. Let the bullshit come. You deal with it later, but you fight to stay alive. All right. We are just about out of time. As I said at the top of the show, everyone have a very happy Thanksgiving. Remember, don't drink and drive. There will be police out during Thanksgiving, trust me, I had to work a few Thanksgivings when I was on the police department. Do not drink and drive. Go out, enjoy your family, be safe, have fun, eat until you can't eat anymore, but do not drink and drive. But before we go, of course, I have to do my ten-seven segment. It would be only fitting that I honored police officer Samuel Jimenez, who was shot and killed yesterday in the city of Chicago, Chicago Police Department, end of watch, November 19th, 2018. Police officer Samuel Jimenez was shot and killed after responding to a domestic disturbance outside Mercy Hospital at 2525 South Michigan Avenue. As officers arrived on the scene, the male subject fatally shot his ex-fiancee, who was a doctor at the hospital. He then ran into the hospital with officers pursuing him. As they entered the hospital, the man exchanged shots with Officer Jimenez, striking him and a bystander. Another officer's duty belt was also struck by the gunfire. The subject was also shot and killed during the exchange. Officer Jimenez and the bystander were both transported to another hospital where they succumbed to their wounds. Officer Jimenez had served with the Chicago Police Department for only 18 months. He was 28 years old. He was on the department for 18 months, in my opinion, still a baby at 28 years old, but he was brave enough to run into danger to protect and serve the city of Chicago, a city that really don't even like police because we've seen what happens in Chicago. We know the history of the mayor there in Chicago, but Officer Samuel Jimenez was a hero on yesterday because without his actions, there's no telling how many more people at that hospital would have been shot and killed by this individual. I want to thank you for listening. As always, I will see you right here, same time, same place next week, radioinfluence.com. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a dark to light with Frankenbeans Quick Fix on Radio Influence.
1: Go back, you know, in in time. The CIA has run operations using the media and entertainment. It's it's not it's not a pure media any, or it hasn't been for a very long time and like I feel bad for the people who thought for some odd reason that Fox was actually unbiased and, and you know straightforward they're, they they've been controlled by the same money at the same you know they're they're accountable to who the pharmaceutical industry whoever pays their bills whatever political party there it lines up with their agenda it's a control mechanism they control the information that gets spit out and there is no better example of that than that um, Sinclair Media clip where the byline that's put out to everybody in the morning is is filtered out like a like a drone reading off the same text to every single person in their journalistic monotone, you know, voice, you know, today, the same byline headline read off the same story covered the same exact way across the entire. I mean, it's scary.
0: Dark to Light with Franken Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.